Maybe you watched an HGTV episode or two and thought to yourself, I'd like to own an investment property someday. Well, today we're going to talk about five tips that you can utilize to make sure that decision is truly an investment that blesses your family and does not turn into a nightmare. Welcome to the WalletWin Podcast. Each week we take a look at a different piece of the personal finance puzzle. I'm Jonathan Texera. And I'm Amanda Texera. We're your guides on your journey to getting out of debt, building wealth, and changing the world through generosity. Here we go. We're probably all guilty of tuning into shows like Fixer Upper or Flip or Flop, Property Brothers, and all of a sudden thinking to ourselves, huh, I could just go buy a property like next week. I could tear out some walls and um, renovate the thing on a dime. My property value will blow up It'll double overnight. I'll get renters in the door two days later, and I'll be off the, to the races in creating my real estate empire in no time. I've been there, but I also then came back to reality <laughs> and realized uh, what goes on behind the scenes of these shows is a lot of time, effort, lessons learned, and years and years of experience, right? Rental properties and investment properties are just one of those things that you can, if you don't quite get the subtle nuances right and kind of get all the puzzle pieces in place before you leap and take that action, you could lose your shirt in the process. Or worse, you could end up going bankrupt and the whole thing could become an absolute nightmare very quickly. And there's a number of ways that things could turn south, right? Um, When you get into this negative cash flow, not having enough savings, um, just kind of getting in on something because everybody's doing it and then the bubble bursts like in 2008, you could be planning on the property to appreciate. You could end up thinking this neighborhood's good and it turns out to be bad. You could underestimate rehab costs or, hey, maybe you're going to DIY it all yourself, but then, uh uh-oh, you broke your leg and now you have to pay somebody else to do all the things. Or worse, last but not least, you fail to simply just get the education you need in order to do this in a wise way. Again, so many ways in, that are subtle for a real estate deal to go south quickly. And in today's episode, I'm chatting with Megan Chomet about five tips that you need to know before you walk into carefully deciding on getting your first income property. Now, here at Wallowin, we teach people our four financial phases and our 10 money milestones. So a big old caveat that I want to leave you guys with today, as you're listening to this episode, um, those of you who might be thinking about an investment property, you should the place that you need to kind of be in if you're following our 10 money milestones is that you've worked on your money mindset You are living with a budget. You have paid off your debt. You have four to six months of expenses saved up for a rainy day. That's your kind of your emergency fund. And now you are ready to kind of go into real estate, either for your own personal property or if you want it to be an investment property, you can do that as well. But that is the place that you want to be in before you're going to leap into something like this because If you do it backwards, that's a recipe for stress, anxiety, frustration, and again, losing a lot of money. 
So the tortoise and the hare, my friends, we always talk about this, right? And in most most areas of your finances, it's the tortoise, not the hare, that wins every single time. It might be every time, guys. Patience, slowing down and really thinking through something and not rushing into things and doing them methodically one smart step at a time, that's how you create the freedom. That's how you build wealth. That's how you win with your money over the long haul. Now, we help people get to a place where they're ready to invest in these properties if that's what they want to do as quickly as possible. But it could take a few years. It's not going to be some instant overnight dealio. Um, but if that is you, if you're in that place, if you, you, you've got all the, the, plate, the puzzle pieces are kind of synced up and you've been thinking about your first investment property, this episode is for you. Now, you're still going to have a lot of research. You're still going to have more questions and conversations to have. But these five tips are going to steer you on your path to making that purchase and creating that passive income in your life. Now, I say passive, and we're going to talk about it in the episode with it, with lots of quotes around it because a lot of times people think passive income, meaning all I did was sip a latte in a hammock and money just like poured into my bank account without me doing anything. <laughs> no, that is not really how an investment property would work. Most times passive income does involve a degree of doing some sort of work. It might not be full-time work, but it's still work. Okay, so as long as you know all of those things, you can head into this episode, and if you're ready, these five tips are waiting there for you to help you make the smartest, most strategic decision with an investment property that's going to be a blessing and going to be something you can leverage to get you to your financial goals faster and easier. So enjoy today's episode. Hey there, Wallet Winners. Thank you for tuning into this very special episode of the Wallet Win Podcast. I am very excited to introduce you to Megan Chomit. She's here to share with us about starting with investment properties. Now, we've already talked about why this is such a important subject to kind of get right. Um, and Megan, I'm just thrilled that you're here to share your wisdom with us because, you know, I think a lot of times this concept of, you know, getting a rental property can sound so sophisticated and smart, but it can easily turn into a worse nightmare. <laughs> you got you, that right. <laughs> if you don't do it the right way. Um, and if the, the puzzle kind of, if the pieces aren't laid out in advance, to do it the smart way, it can be that disaster. So thank you for coming on to the Waltwin podcast to share your wisdom with us. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about. And I think now with HGTV being an integral part of our lives, right. some people may make it look a little easier <laughs> than it is. Right. Think people think they can just be like chip gains and go tear a wall down and like have this thing rented out one week later. <laughs> yeah. And never go over budget. Right. Exactly. Um, okay. So let's just back up just a little bit, Megan, and talk about, you know, how did you kind of get into talking about this to start with? Okay. So my background is I am a financial, I'm a CFP, a certified financial planner. Mm -hmm. And I've been in the industry for now it's going on almost 12 years. And halfway through my career, I thought, you know what, I want to, I'm thinking about 
you know, HGTV. And I think it looks pretty cool. And I think I'd be pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to my partners at the investment firm that I worked at. And every single one of them told me it was a bad idea. They told me, you know, tenants will wreck your place. It's very risky and all these things. And I thought, okay, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) And once I ran into some hiccups and had some questions, I also felt like I had nobody to ask Mm. because they had already told me it wasn't a good idea. So I felt like I couldn't go to them because they weren't really, they had already told me that, why are you doing this? So I had to find all my own resources, find all my own people to talk to and ask questions. And that's kind of how I got started with helping other people who are in the same boat as me is let's not jump to say it's a bad idea right off the hop. If it is a bad idea, these are the reasons why. And here's some maybe steps to get you into a better position. And so that's how I got started is because I needed a me. I needed somebody with the financial background, but also somebody who was doing it and had, it was a couple steps ahead of me so that I could learn from their mistakes. Yes. That's awesome. I love that your story has kind of come full circle and not only did you have to go find the answers, now you're helping people who were in your shoes find those answers and do it kind of the wise way. Because again, Mm -hmm. this is one of those things where it's almost like if you do it out of order or you miss crucial things, it can blow up. But if you get it right, it doesn't have to be a nightmarish Mm -hmm. experience. It can truly add to your passive income every single month. Mm -hmm. And when I say passive, I don't mean no work at all because I think a lot of people think like, oh, just money flying into my account without when all I did was sit on a beach and sleep. It doesn't always mean that. (laughs) It means a little bit of work, a lot less work than maybe a nine-to-five job. Mm -hmm. But – Um, it can mean a lot of extra income into your family. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about it. I know you've got five tips that you want to share with our audience today about how to do this the right way and kind of start their own real-life HGTV experience. So let's dive into what those five tips are. Well, the first one kind of piggybacks off of what you already said about bringing the passive income into your family. It's getting really clear on why you're interested in an income property in the first place. Mm -hmm. Is it for the income? Is it for the entrepreneurial experience? Or is it because maybe you want to buy a property now to benefit you later on? Like what I've seen some people do is buy a property now so that their kids have somewhere to live when they go to college. Yes. Mm -hmm. So getting really clear on what is your goal is the first step. Yep. Okay. Um, and I then mean, that's when- really with, with anything, right? If you don't have a clear mm-hmm. goal, as soon as like you hit a bump in the road, which you will because life happens, then the easy thing is then to want to abandon it because you didn't have clarity for what the heck you were doing. And that's a quick way to lose money. Mm-hmm. It's also a quick way to kind of have that squirrel and the shiny (laughs) object syndrome and the deviation. Like you might be buying this property for income and then the first year it's actually a negative income. So then you think, okay, our goal was income. It's not making us income. Now what? Instead of saying maybe you wanted the entrepreneurial experience. 
So it's okay that it took a negative income the first year because you're learning and all those things. So it's really important, especially if you're doing it in a partnership, like mm-hmm. two spouses, because oh, yes. getting being on the same <laughs> track in terms of what your goal is, is it just helps you be on the same team, same page. Yep. And I love what you said there about how, I mean, if you're looking, if you are in that, if you're not clear on why you're doing this and you've got that squirrel syndrome and you see, oh my gosh, the immediate payoff didn't happen without understanding that real estate is kind of more of the long game play, you might luck out every now and again where like a market just blows up in a year's time, but that is the exception. (laughs) And so if you're getting into this, you're thinking the long haul um, if, unless you're like a flipper who's been at this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and that kind of brings me into the second part is to talk to somebody who's already doing it. Mm-hmm. So the second tip would be if flipping is something that you're interested in, talk to the, to somebody who's flipped one house, maybe two, maybe they do it for a living, but talk to somebody who's already doing it. Right. And not your broke not your neighbor not your experience yes because (laughs) they're just going to tell you what they heard from so and so or what they saw on tv or they heard on the radio or whatever nightmare story they they've heard that you don't know the background to exactly so talking about somebody who's already doing it sounds like when you actually try to go ahead and do that, it's like, where are you? You know, like not everybody has a sign on their head or their shirt saying, I flipped houses before or talk to me. I have a rental property. I can give you some advice. So my tip for that is just stop, just start talking about it to anybody right. because you never know who they're who they're going to refer you to, or you could say, you know what, I'm really interested in getting a rental property or starting an Airbnb or whatever. And they could say, you know what, my brother does that, or I've done that. Maybe you didn't even know that they did that. Mm -hmm. So finding the people, the next step is just to start talking about it. Right. Yeah, I think that is so important because you want to be surrounded with like-minded people that will get whatever situation you're running into, good things and tough things. I know my husband and I, we Airbnb our personal home and it funds our travels wherever we want to go throughout the year. Uh, And we love it, but there were snags in the road and we had to kind of figure that out. And we've joined numerous like Airbnb groups for hosts just because you need to have a place to talk that out without the maybe judgments of somebody who has no idea what this world even looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, yeah, I think that you don't always know who has a rental property. In fact, I've been surprised over the years to like figure out maybe who has, who's running an Airbnb, who owns an apartment building, who has just like a a spare room in, you know, over their garage. It's crazy. But unless you start having these conversations, you won't know who in your regular life might already be doing this. Yes, 100%. And actually, that's how we got our first rental property was I was just talking about it to people. And then when somebody's friend was selling one of their properties, she thought of me. So they didn't even go to market with the property. They just came straight to me. And it actually helped me get started 
with that emotional side of things too because there might be I don't know what kind of market that that you are buying in or thinking about buying in but sometimes it can be a little overwhelming in terms of multiple offers or all of those stressful things and this just made it feel like I was tiptoeing into it instead Mm -hmm. of having to make a giant leap right oh yeah I mean in some markets that's true you'd have to go in and like fight off tons of people so to have be able to kind of think about the deal and if you wanted to just take it (laughs) was probably a lot more peaceful for you and you could think a little more uh level-headed than like getting into a a bidding battle exactly emotionally involved (laughs) exactly or having to react like react when I wasn't ready yeah right yeah Yep, and you were able to do it kind of when you were ready, and that's key too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you're going to talk about that of just you know the timing here, and it has to be in alignment with your goals and your family's timeline. Mm-hmm. It's not something you just pull the trigger on out of the blue one Saturday afternoon, <laughs> and that's another way to lose money. Um, well, exactly, and that's a great next step when you're thinking about buying your first rental property is to get your own personal finances, the foundation, Mm. something that can handle this type of investment. So um, crunching the numbers, making sure that your family's finances can support that property. Yes. Yeah. We teach um, in WalletWin, you know, we teach people how to get out of debt, build an emergency savings, and then also save up for their down payment for their own personal property. Um, But somebody could get into the investment income world without necessarily owning their own property first. Mm -hmm. But I think the most important thing that we see with people consistently is when you're debt-free, you know, um, you don't have credit card debt, no student loans, and you've got an emergency fund, it makes this whole process so much easier Mm -hmm. because when you buy a property you don't always realize it they don't show it on hgtv but inevitably something's going to be rotten and needs to be replaced a hot water heater will go out and you don't your tenant won't pay their rent right and if you don't have an emergency fund of four to six months of savings you're basically one disaster away from back in debt (laughs) or adding to debt and that is just a recipe for stress Yes, I 100% agree. I've always said that finances are 80% behavior and only 20% numbers. So if you buy an investment to help you get ahead in life, like with income or for a future plan or something, when you go through a stressful time, like a big renovation that wasn't expected or your tenants not paying rent or maybe your tenants move out and you have a hard time finding new tenants. That's a stressful event. The last thing you want to do is fund your stressful event with debt mm, because yes. debt comes with so much heaviness. Mm-hmm. And so if you have an investment property and then on top of it, you have your own finances. It's just it's just not a good mix. So get one stable first and then worry about the other one. Yes. Because, um, I mean, it, at that point, if you get stressed out and something, a negative event happened, then you're now looking at maybe having to sell off the property 
to try to get out of some of these debts you've gotten in. And then whenever you sell, there's realtor fees involved and it's just there's loss after loss coming your way if you don't kind of have boundaries and kind of a safeguard in place to protect you from letting this sink you. 100%. That's just it. (laughs) Okay, so let's, I think, we, have we gone through four tips? I've lost four. track now. We've gone through four. Okay. What's okay, tip so the five? Okay, the last tip is super, super important, and it sounds kind of like frou-frou-y, but I promise it'll pay off, is just patience. Mm. So don't jump into it. Talk to somebody who's a few steps ahead of you. Make sure that you can handle the responsibility, not only financially, but also in your whatever stage of life you're in. So for example, I have a bunch of kids. So do you. Do you feel like the stage of life that you're in, you can handle a call from a tenant or Mm -hmm. um, a renovation project? Or can the property even, maybe the property could pay for that but most of the time for your first property, you're going to be doing a lot of the stuff on your own. Yes. So it's just patience, making sure the property makes sense in terms of making your money back. Yeah. If you wouldn't have invested that lump sum of money into something else, like let's compare the two. So you have options with that the purchase price of the investment property, would it have made more sense to have invested it in some sort of investment account instead of a real estate property? So it's just patience, practicing the number, and just giving yourself some grace that if you missed out on an opportunity, it's okay. Right? Yes. Yeah, it's okay. There'll be more opportunities. Always be another house. Yeah, there'll always be another house. You never know what's going to happen next week, next month. So as long as you've done those four things before, just talking about it, learning, making sure your own finances are in good order, then just remember patience. It's always, (laughs) there'll always be another house. I think, I mean, just hearing you say that, it's, I mean... Oh, that can be the hardest part, right? Because you get excited about something and then you just kind of want to go. And I know my personality, I tend to be like that runaway train. <laughs> I think a lot of people, you know, as adults, we'd ex- we expect things of ourselves that we'd never expect of like our children. You know, if our baby is learning how to walk, we expect them to take weeks, months to learn how to do that. But as adults, it's like, oh, I heard about this cool opportunity and now I got to do it this week. <laughs> And like, if we don't nail it and just like get on it, we're somehow a failure or whatever. And I think this patience is really the difference maker between probably somebody who rushes in and it gets, it explodes Mm -hmm. versus the the person who carefully, you know, plods their way into real estate and really Mm -hmm. grows something that's going to add to their bottom line over the long haul. 100%. We have a joke in our house about we have a laundry chair. So it's like a chair where (laughs) I'm not quite sure if the clothes are clean or dirty or what they are, but it seems to be the dumping zone. Yeah. And I refer to all the projects in our house as it's just another laundry chair. Like it's just something that we will get to that kind of it, it takes up rent in our head. And 
you can all, a family can only handle so many laundry chairs. Right. And if you have a rental property that just becomes another huge laundry chair for your family, I, I don't wish that on anybody. Mm. So it's just being aware of your capacity for the financial and the emotional stress that that kind of investment can, can take. Yeah. Okay. So you shared the five tips. Most important one being just patience, be mm-hmm. patient. Um, if somebody, you know, listening to this episode thinks, gosh, you know, I, I, a lot of these I could check the box on, like I'm in a good place. I've, I've kind of been talking about this with other people. It's on my, you know, one to five years kind of goal and they want to go a little bit deeper. How can people keep in touch with you, Megan, and get more resources? So my favorite place to connect with people is on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Megan with an H, M-E-G-H-A-N-C-F-P. And I love sharing tips about my rules of thumbs for properties that make sense and everything in between. Okay. So Megan with an H. CFP over on Instagram. And then your website is meganchomit.com. And over there, I know that you've got some other resources people can grab up um, and more articles on investment properties, if I'm not mistaken, where they can continue to kind of dive in and learn. Yeah. My favorite thing is just helping people keep organized. So whether you're on your first investment property and you're dealing with the mailbox overwhelm to the tax setting up, everything in between. Just go to my website. I have a resources tab. Everything there is free. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with us. I think it's, again, so important to make sure if somebody's going to go down this route, they set themselves up for as much success as possible because it can be such a lucrative uh, opportunity for somebody, but it can also be an explosive bomb. So thank you for sharing these five tips. And if you guys want to follow up with her, head on over to Instagram and type in her handle or head over to her website. And again, thank you so much, Megan. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Wallowin program at wallowin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week.